Hello, and welcome to the Everyday Love Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Rayleigh, and today I have on the show my friend, Stacy Hilby. Stacy is the director of women's ministries at Salt Church, which is the church my husband and I attend, and she is currently in school to receive her master's degree in biblical studies. I love Stacy for many reasons, but one of those reasons is that she loves the Bible. And she and I nerd out over the history and context and details of the Bible all the time. And if I'm being honest, this may be my favorite episode that I've done so far for that very reason. I just love diving into this stuff. And I'm so thankful for Stacy and her wisdom to talk through it with me. Before we get started, I have a few housekeeping things to tell you. First is that I want to remind you that there are three episodes left in the series a reflection on Advent. These episodes release every Tuesday, and the final episode in the series will release on Christmas Eve Eve, December 23rd. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to these episodes, a reflection on hope and a reflection on peace. They're only about five minutes long each, and they're really, really helpful in getting us in the right frame of mind for this Christmas season. Second, I have some really exciting things coming up in 2023 that will be announced soon. And if you have benefited or been encouraged by the Everyday Love podcast, could you please consider monetarily supporting the podcast? This support will help me be able to produce more content in a variety of ways in the future. There's a link with some options of how to do that in the show notes. But if you're not able to donate currently, That's okay. Thank you so much for listening, and I love having you here. Another way that you could support the show is just by sharing the podcast. Leave me a rate and a review. Uh, If you're listening on Spotify, interact with the questions that I leave, and share on social media. All of that is so, so helpful, and I appreciate each and every one of you who listen. Okay, okay, enough housekeeping. So now we can get to the good stuff. Here's my conversation with Stacy Hilby. Hi, Stacy. How are you today? Good, Cody. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It always cracks me up starting these because I'm like, we've been talking for like an hour, but then I feel like, hi, Stacy. Now it's official. <laughs> yes. Now it's now it's real and it's recorded. Um, Forever. Yeah. On the internet. <laughs> Uh, okay, Stacy. So I'm so excited to have you here. I've been looking forward to this. When I started this podcast, I knew that I wanted to have you on and Aww. have this conversation because uh, you have made me love the Bible more. Um, I already loved it a lot, but now I understand it more, so I love it more. So I can't wait to like talk about that and how that happens. That's awesome. You're gonna um, make me cry, and I'm not gonna be able to do this. <laughs> uh, but first. Uh, Will you tell the listeners, like, how did we meet? How do I know you? (laughs) Well, gosh, I can't remember a time I wasn't friends with Cody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we met through Bible study uh, at Salt Church. And um, I think the first thing I remember is just how inquisitive you were. (laughs) And I loved that because I think it's so important for us to approach the Bible with curiosity. And you totally, you totally did. And then you would... (laughs) purposefully think of really hard questions to stop me (laughs) I really didn't I just I so I grew I grew up in church and I grew up um with the bible 
Yeah. And, like, my family was very, like, we were very Baptist. My mm-hmm. dad was a deacon. And then when my family fell apart mm-hmm. and my parents divorced and all this stuff, I was like, I don't know. My whole life was, like, a lie. Yeah. So I don't know about, yeah. um, I don't know about Christianity anymore. Mm-hmm. And I never, I never didn't believe in God. Yeah. But I really questioned scripture. Mm-hmm. Um. So now I still, like, approach it that way. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this doesn't seem right. Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't want that. Like, I don't, I'm okay with doubt, mm-hmm. but I don't like to sit in it anymore. I'd rather just find out the answer if I can. <laughs> so I'm not trying to stump you. I'm just... I know. No, they're really good questions, some of them, that were really challenging. No, I loved that, and I think it's been fun to bond over over the Bible. I mean, that's, yeah. it's so fun to have friends who love studying the Bible as much as you do because then you always have something to talk about. Yes. Yes. I think so too, because not everybody like loves yeah. the Bible, Yeah, which I think is okay. Like right. if you, you can love the Lord and not like be obsessed with the historical yeah. context like we are. <laughs> yes. But it's fun to find other people. Yeah. Who it are. is. Cause then you can <laughs> read the same things and, you know, or different things and talk about it and inspire each other and yeah, geek yes. out over, you know, historical yes. context and nuances and I don't know, mm-hmm. new theology books. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know my husband's always like, I don't, is this interesting to you? I'm like, yes. <laughs> how is it not? <laughs> how did, how did they climb up the water shaft? We don't know. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> I know. It's so true. It's so true. Um, that's fun. I always love like Usually when people do podcasts and they introduce guests, I think they, like the host, will say how they met. But I like to ask people because I want to know your perception of how we met. Yeah, what is yours? Um, I was thinking about this earlier, honestly. I I don't remember. I just... Well, I kind of do. Um, you taught something or spoke some more and I was like, Stacy knows everything about the Bible. <laughs> I was like, I want to be just like Stacy. That is so funny. And then you were in our small group, and I was like, Luke, Stacy, always in our small group. And he was like, okay. And I was like, we're gonna know everything now. Oh my gosh. And now you're disappointed. No, no, because I still That's teach funny. me new things all That's the time. That's... Well, you have taught me new things by asking really hard questions that I've had to research. Go back and be like, I don't know if I know that. Um, so how you're in Bible college, right? Is there, am I saying that right? Is there another? (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm getting my, I'm doing my master's, um, for biblical studies. So and you're continue on with my studies. Your bachelor is in Bible something also, isn't it? Yeah. So I did go to Bible college for my undergrad, um, but I majored, my dad wanted me to have options. So I majored in business. Um, but I think technically my minor is in, um, biblical studies Okay. or theology. I can't remember how they termed it, but we did a lot of Bible classes yes. and that's really what I wanted to focus on. Um, but my dad wanted me to make sure I yeah. could get a job afterwards. I get that. I'm kind of like your dad with myself. Cause I'm like, man, I would love to go to Bible yeah. college and learn everything. everything. But then I'm like, but then I pay a lot of money and what am I going to do with it? Be a teacher. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I know there's resources yeah. out there to help with that. 
Yeah, so I mean, there's lots of ways that you can. And now, I mean, there's certificate courses and there's all kinds of ways that you can go and learn more about the Bible without, you know, having to go and get a degree in it. Or you can also like, um, what's it called when you like go and you just um, like audit classes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't do it for credit, but you can like right. listen and ask questions. And that's a yeah. great way to yeah. learn from really smart people and and do that but no I decided back in 2020 that I would um go back to school and um just keep learning more about the bible yeah. so what prompted that decision like what made you want to go back well I think my journey with scripture has been like a slow burn mm-hmm. um I've always loved it it's always been a part of my life my parents were incredibly intentional about like building a foundation for us mm-hmm. um with uh, our Christian faith, um, and I became a Christian very early, and I think I was like eight years old is when I kind of remember making that decision for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously I knew like I wanted to go to Bible college to um, st- study the Bible, and like that was the first time where I kind of approached it academically for all the things that I could know about mm-hmm. Scripture, um, and not just like obviously things that I believed about it, but I, I was excited to know things and, yeah. and have that like um, academic approach. Um, and that that was awesome and gave me a lot of opportunities and just a lot of background that was really helpful. Um, but in 2020, you know, there was that little thing called COVID. Oh, yeah. And that was a really difficult year for us as a family. My husband was um, away for work. And then um, we, you know, my kids and I were together. And, you know, you just start thinking about like, okay, well, what's important? What are, what are things that you're going to really spend your life on? Um, and I, I literally remember making a list and it was like, um, God, family and the Bible. (laughs) And I know that that list doesn't include everything like church and friends and stuff, but I was thinking more about like, just kind of like, what are my top things that are going to last for me? Um, and friends and church would be included in like my family type thing. But, um, I realized that scripture had always been an important part. Um, and it was just something that I needed to focus on. And God just kind of gave me this new like vision and new um, passion for just learning more about um, him and his word. And it really just came out of um, the loneliness and kind of just all the uncertainty that happened in mm-hmm. 2020 and just being like, this is something that will last. Scripture says it will always last. Mm-hmm. And I need to turn and focus some attention on yeah. it. I think it's interesting that you separated God and the Bible because I think that's something that a lot of people would lump together myself included Mm -hmm. but I think it's cool that you separated those things because scripture somewhere yeah I don't know where (laughs) but somewhere it says like like even I can't think of like the exact quote but it was Jesus who was essentially saying like don't worship the scriptures worship me Mm -hmm. yeah um because I think sometimes we do we get a little pharisee-ish and we're like well it says (laughs) xyz yeah um so i think that's cool i think that's a good view of like there's god Mm -hmm. and there's his word and they're Mm -hmm. different things yeah um because i think of back to even when i was like really really little and this is silly but it was like we don't write in our bible because it's the bible yeah Yeah. we can't oh my gosh, a page in your Bible ripped, but it's the Bible. And it's like, this is a book. (laughs) A very, very helpful and very, very good book. But it's a book. (laughs) I know my mom was always like, um, 
so, I mean, she, she instilled a lot of like reverence in me and, um, she would always make it like the highest thing. So like you mm-hmm. never put anything on top of the Bible. Oh. Like it was always like high up, like don't, you know, yeah. it's not lower than anything. And that has stuck with me a little bit, I think, yeah. but I do write in my Bible. So yeah, yeah. I do too now. <laughs> There's a lot to write. Down. I have multiple so that I can put different notes yes, in different ways. <laughs> I do too. I do too, for sure. Or like, these are my really good notes. Yes. Yes. Um, so I know we're going to, I'm excited. I was telling you before we recorded, um, about Hannah Seymour. She's mm-hmm. where her episode isn't releasing until January. We've mm-hmm. already recorded it. I record yes. very out of order. I love it. Um, but we're going to talk about some of the same things Okay. and I think it's going to go really well. So I'm really excited. <laughs> um, but how do we study the Bible? Like, is there a difference between reading and studying is there a right and a wrong way like how should how should we approach this well (laughs) it's a it is such a good distinction that you make between reading and studying um there is a right way there is a wrong way um I think some people you know they obviously like devote their whole lives to Mm -hmm. studying scripture and knowing things about it I think there are tons of Christians who read the Bible their whole spiritual life and they mm-hmm. never study it. So yeah. I think there's um, there's both camps. And so I think you're right to make the distinction between the two. I think um, one trend that we see a lot in the church today is a very um, like self-centered approach mm-hmm. to scripture Yeah, um, that definitely affects um, how you study it and how you read it. So I think all of the like presuppositions that you come to scripture with um, and definitely like your own self-awareness can block that. So like um, Tozer talks about like how self is a veil that blocks you from God. Mm -hmm. And so the way that you unveil yourself is through faith. So faith allows you to have the eyes to see God correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the way that we approach scripture is understanding that this God is a communicative God. So obviously he would give us a book full yeah. of his words. Yeah. The second person in the Trinity is the word. And so we know that God himself wrote this book. And I think um, we often approach it as um, like, this is God's love letter to me. And there is a sense of this book is absolutely personal. And every time you open it, it is living and active and it will tell you things. Um, but I think we need to remember that the hero of the Bible, the most important character of the Bible is not us, it's God. So approaching it to understand that God has an intended meaning for us to get out of this word. It's not whatever I think or whatever I feel at the moment, but what the author intended it to say is what we need to understand from it. And that takes work because we Mm -hmm. have to go back and really understand, okay, who's the author? What kind of literature is this? When was it written? Who was it originally written for? Um, before we can get that Mm -hmm. meaning. And so that's why I love inductive Bible study, because you go through that process of like observing what the text says um, and then thinking about, okay, well, what does that mean? And then finally getting to, now that I know all those things, how should I change? Instead of just opening, reading a verse and saying, what does this mean to me? Mm -hmm. You miss all the important meat to a correct interpretation. Right. Um, And I think, too, oftentimes we... Because we, we, as a culture, have really honed in on, like, the word is living and active. Well, it is. But yeah. it was also written to a specific group of people yeah. at a specific time in history. 
So when we view it through our modern day Mm -hmm. lens, it can distort things. Um, I grew up going to Christian school and in church, Mm -hmm. and I had Bible teachers who were good Bible teachers, but they, like now, going back and, like, relearning these stories, Mm -hmm. um, I realize I'm like, that was really, (laughs) really off base, and it changes the whole meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, one of the things that I was taught was, for the story of David and Bathsheba, is like, well, how dare Bathsheba be out bathing? <laughs> Parading herself. Yes. And it's like, that wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what was happening. If you understand, like, yeah. the law and the culture and all of those things, mm-hmm. you understand that, like, Bathsheba was ritually unclean. Clean, yeah. Cleaning herself. Right. As scriptures told, told her, her to, to do. do. Yeah. And, and, how, and how the author was talking about... David's sin in that yes that was the main point because Samuel talks so much about David and why he was the man after God's own heart but in this instance yes it was simple yeah um yeah it's so true I think there's a lot of you know and the other thing too that's really helpful when you study scripture not just following a method of interpretation that will lead you um, down a, a right path and understanding that you need to talk about historical context and and things like that is that you just really take the time to um, slow down mm-hmm. <laughs> and think about, you know, if this is God's word, then every word is important. Right. And so we need to make sure that we pay attention to each each verse and then connect that to the whole story of scripture. Yeah. So if all the Bible is telling us a story, um, we got to connect all the pieces together. And so mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful when you're young and you're learning all these stories and they capture your imagination and attention. But as you get older um, and can absorb more, you have to connect it to the whole narrative of what God is telling us because it is all connected and then it becomes even more meaningful. And I think, you know, sometimes I know with my own kids, like I don't give them enough credit for what they can absorb and understand. And like even reading the gospels, especially as we're getting towards like Christmas time, Mm -hmm. um, reading chunks of scripture to them and then asking them like what is God showing us here they can understand that yeah. really well I think because they're stories and kids are good at stories yes. um, your kids are also very smart, <laughs> they, are very smart. <laughs> they are very smart but I think sometimes I limit them by thinking oh I don't know if they're going to really get the main point of this um, mm-hmm. but they do yeah so Stacy, uh, yeah I now that I know how to study the Bible I think it's Amazing, and I think having that extra application piece mm-hmm. is important because I used to like. So we just did First and Second Samuel yeah. as a church. My listeners know that I've talked about it a lot, <laughs> um, but I used to like if I used to read the story of David, I'd be like, okay, so what did David do that I should do or that I shouldn't yeah. do? Yeah. But now it's a game changer to be like, what did I learn about? God mm-hmm. in this story mm-hmm. and how does that affect who I am like there's right. an extra piece mm-hmm. there that I think oftentimes we skip yeah um I think that's important and knowing all of those details help enhance that like mm-hmm. you know God through the details yeah. a lot of times um but I also now that I know how to study the Bible I I think I swing the pendulum too far the other way. I'm like, I want all the facts and all the details. I don't, I don't need to be affectionate about God. Yes. <laughs> so 
how do we like should we ever just read the bible and let it speak to us or do we always need to study in depth <laughs> and look for all the details i think the problem with um it's not a problem but i do think it is for people like us who love studying it is an easy thing to be like i cannot i cannot read the Bible without my atlas and my dictionary and my commentary and that's how we do it. But I, I think um, there's absolutely a time for reading and meditating, um, but I think that's when you, when you can step away and apply the knowledge that you know. Mm-hmm. So like for example, if you're going to wake up with your morning coffee and read Psalms, well, you automatically know, okay, this is poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, these were written you know, for Israel to learn how to praise God and I can do the same Thing. And so you kind of hold that background information or whatever you know at the time um, in the back of your mind as you as you read it. Um, but uh, Tozer, in his book, The Pursuit of God, he has a really interesting um, phrase where he says, the world is perishing for lack of knowledge of God and the church is famishing for want of his presence. And so I think there are things here that we need to pull away from in the fact that um, we're supposed to be changed by what we um, read in the Bible. It's not just knowledge for knowledge's sake. And Paul talks about that, you know, love or knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And so we have to balance the, um, why do we learn this? <laughs> we right. don't learn it just so we can bash our unbelie- non-believing friends and family over the head. We, um, we want to grow our knowledge of God because that's what the church has always done. We are supposed to be the bearers of the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. Who else but the church would know about their God and be able to propagate the knowledge of him? Um, but we don't do it in an unloving way. And the, and the reason that we do it is because we love God. Yeah. We want to be devoted to him. We want to um, bring him glory. Um, and I think what's interesting um, when you look throughout like Christian history at the people you would say like did the most for the Lord Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that you would look back at like a William Tyndale or you know pick a name and Mm -hmm. say like oh that person just knew the most about God you would say no that person loved God (laughs) so much that they did these things and so I think it always has to lead us to um to a devotion to God, a deeper love for him. And I think it's just like, you know, there's lots of devotionals that talk about, you know, relating it to like marriage or dating. Like the more you know someone, right. the deeper you, you can love them. Right. And I think, you know, obviously the same, like the same principle applies to God, but, you know, a million fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, I don't know that this question even has an answer. Maybe it does. So I'm going to ask your opinion. <laughs> is the Bible... Like, is that the only way that we know God? Or are there other ways? Obviously, we have to read the Bible. Like, I'm not saying that we can be like, scrap. (laughs) But like, what are, does the Bible say, like, this is the only way to know me? Or does God reveal himself in other ways also? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think God reveals himself to us in many ways. I mean, obviously, I think the, probably the biggest one is nature. Mm-hmm. People yeah. can go outside and obviously realize that there's something more mm-hmm. to life and existence than um, just themselves. So I think there's lots of ways. Um, the fact that we can enjoy beauty and love and, mm-hmm. and friendship, we realize that like that is a special part of yeah. human existence that must come from what I think is God. Um, 
But Jesus has an interesting thing when he talks about in John 17. Um, he says, your word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. And so we realize that like in scripture, we find truth. And it does not come from humans because mm-hmm. our hearts are sinful. Um, the nature can't reveal all the truths of God. It can right. point us to him, but it, it can't tell us about who he is. So his word is the place that we go to to understand who he is, who we are, and what he's doing in the world. And so um, when we think about well, how is scripture different than nature or like my understanding of love or beauty or when you give birth to a child, you realize like this is, mm-hmm. this is just so amazing. Like, you know, yeah. life in general, um, God's word tells us like the Bible is our invitation to reality. So mm-hmm. this is how we know um, who God is and what he's doing in the world. Otherwise, we would be we would be lost. But in that, we realize, like I said earlier, that he is a communicative God. So yeah. he does speak in lots of ways to us. Yeah. Um, but the Bible is the way that we have everything we need yeah. for faith in him. Yeah. Um, so how do we reconcile? I went through a season of life that I was like distrusting mm-hmm. of scripture. Yeah. I didn't like completely throw it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just, I think it was when I realized, I used, to, when I was younger, I would read the Bible as if God was saying every word. Mm-hmm. Like, even in my brain, yeah. I would, like, imagine it in, like, Morgan Freeman's voice. <laughs> <laughs> saying all these things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then when I, like, realized that humans wrote the Bible mm-hmm. and that books didn't even exist until, like, fairly recently in the <laughs> expansion of history. Um, so how is it credible? Like, how do mm-hmm. we trust that? Yeah, it's interesting. I had a conversation recently with somebody who um, had a lot of doubt about Paul. And so therefore... He's kind of a sketchy <laughs> dude, if we're so, being honest. So I was like, well, then basically, like, you have to throw out a lot of the New Testament if you don't believe, um, you know, mm-hmm. Paul is a credible source so he's um, just very grumpy (laughs) (laughs) credible but grumpy (laughs) I think what's great about the bible is that um it can withstand all the questions all the curiosity I think sometimes we kind of handle it with kid gloves and think like oh I better not Mm -hmm. you know delve too deep because it might break and uh, I love I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said defend the bible I would sooner defend a lion and it was just this idea that like the Bible can take the questions and the scrutiny mm-hmm. um, for sure. But I think understanding more about um, like the history of how the canon came together, mm-hmm. um, how that worked, is really a helpful process for people to see like what God has been up to all along yeah. with all of these authors, and then understanding too how Scripture um, talks to us about how it came to be. So it's not just you know, guys that sat down one day and decided to, you know, be a prophet or whatever. Yeah. Like, these were um, people who um, were chosen by God. They were, um, a lot of them were, um, like, especially in the New Testament, eyewitnesses of things that had happened or Jesus himself. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of credibility that can be given to each individual and then the whole process of the canon building because yeah. it wasn't just randomly put together as men decided it should be literally the canon has always 
um, put itself together as mm-hmm. God kind of organized it. So there's some helpful books. Um, one of them is by Michael Kruger. It's called The Canon Revisited. I think it's by Michael Kruger. Um, but it's called The Canon Revisited. That's a really helpful one. It talks about like how the Bible came together. and um, So is the canon, that's like the committee who like put... The canon would be like the... Um, the whole of scripture so Uh like genesis to revelation um would be like the canon so like how did how did we decide these are the books okay um because like even paul talks to the corinthians about like letters that we don't have so well what happened to those are they missing is the canon incomplete well no scripture would say no it's not it's not incomplete it is because there's like a book of thomas somewhere isn't there (laughs) yeah Yeah. like yeah yeah. so i think that's one of like the questions like that I always kind of had was like well why do we didn't put him yeah, in what there? happened to him so, and yeah. or like I found out recently maybe you'll tell me this isn't true <laughs> I don't know um but that Martin Luther wanted to take out like Hebrews and James <laughs> and yeah I'm he, like oh well who decided that he had yeah. to leave him in there yeah for sure yeah I he did have some doubts about I don't know I didn't know he wanted to like take him out but I yeah. I do know that he yeah, especially had some James because James talks a lot about good work yeah and Martin Luther was not into good <laughs> yes. works it's not his thing <laughs> yeah I think um I think what's interesting about the process is that we do get this idea that like there was just some committee one day that decided like these are the ones I like and these are the ones I don't like and this is the bible um but really it was like a long process that kind of happened very much according to God's perfect um plan I think there's lots of interesting like nuances to it but you know Jesus talks about like um the law and the prophets and so we know by the time of Jesus that there was um the Hebrew canon you know the Israelite scriptures that were already put together and solidified by Jesus's time um and then we know by Peter's writings that like um the apostles and the eyewitnesses of Jesus um his 12 um that began writing they considered each other's writings scripture very early on mm-hmm. um that was handed down to the what are called the apostolic fathers so the early church fathers who became mm-hmm. the leaders in key cities um, and they verified these writings and then it went on from there so there's a long history of connection between jesus um, the apostles the apostolic fathers and then the early church councils that that codified everything together so i'm sure there's more nuance to that but that's kind of basically how it it worked there was a committee though right but they weren't like picking randomly like they use all the stuff but yeah there there were councils um that happened and they took things into consideration but i think it was always based on um the apostles you know like so the ones that are not included um you know like there's different there's different bibles that have you know um different books that we Uh the christian bible does not have and that's because they were discounted very early on or pretty early on because of either the fact that the apostles discounted them or the early church fathers did um, or the early councils recognized that they were not part of um either like eyewitness testimony or you know various various reasons right right um 
Sorry, that was not in our no, list of I questions. No, I think I'm not an expert on the canon. I, I love reading about it because it is a fascinating topic. I think there's lots of nuance to it that I definitely am not an expert at. But yeah. I think reading books, like I said, like the canon revisited was very okay. eye-opening to me. Then there's another one by Dr. Chow that's called The Hermeneutics of Biblical Writers. It just talks about um, the interconnectedness of scripture yes. um, and how different writers reference other biblical writers mm-hmm. and how important that is to string along the story of scripture so some of these books that were discounted um, we're missing those elements that are very obvious in the in the books that we have okay I I ask these questions not not to stump you I know. <laughs> and not to like be like oh well is the bible really credible yeah. because I think it's important to like I'm one who will always say like you need to lean into your doubts and you need to lean into these questions yeah. and not just be like, I'm hoping for the best. Right. Yeah. But I think it's important to understand these things and some things there may not be like a perfect answer to, or there are probably things that are going to sit a little uncomfortably. Yeah. But I think the canon is one, um, it's just like the reliability of the text. Like there's so many Mm -hmm. wonderful resources to learn about that, you know, and how many copies we have of different, different texts. And, you know, if you get a Bible, like the new ESV study Bible has a really good portion about the the reliability of the text. And there's, yeah, I mean, all Christians should be reading up on this. It's definitely like not light bedtime reading, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not an expert in it. I am. But I think I do think it's important to keep building your knowledge for it for sure. Yeah. Um, so another question I have that is pretty deep that wasn't on the list. <laughs> oh no. Um, what about so I kind of grew up believing that like. Okay, you're gonna have to hang with me for a second. Okay. Oh, I, oh, I asked okay. this question because it's kind of weird. Okay. But like, every single piece of scripture is absolutely true. It happened exactly as. And then I came across this idea that is like some of the stories are more for allegorical purposes, whereas there's portions of them that are true. Um, The point is still relevant and the point Mm -hmm. about God is still there and still important. Mm -hmm. But like some examples are like Esther or Jonah. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that true? Is that not true? (laughs) I don't know. I think that I'm probably more in the camp that it is true. Okay. Um, I think it's important that we have faith. I think so. That's why understanding like the types of literature that mm-hmm. you're reading. Yeah. So obviously, like um, like apocalyptic literature, like Revelation, like those types of things, you can hold as mm-hmm. definitely yes. Yes. <laughs> very much um, metaphors. Definitely different like types of types of writing. Um, the apocalyptic stuff is very different than. Um, like a historical book, but the Bible presents um, Jonah, Ruth, um, those kinds of books as historical books. So as incredible as they may seem sometimes, like getting swallowed by a whale, um, it definitely is meant to be something that we don't think is a metaphor for something, or I I hold it as literal. Okay, because there were some... (laughs) Jonah, I questioned a little bit. Esther was one that I had thought, like, maybe this is more of a, mm-hmm. like, based on true events yeah, type yeah. of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I almost feel like that gave me some freedom a little bit because I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this 
this Poor king girl. was at this this person at this time and because yeah. I'm I get hung up on all the details of it yeah but it was more of like those aren't as important mm-hmm. what is the point of the story mm-hmm. like what is the author trying to convey again about God yeah yeah so I think sometimes letting go of some of those historical details for me maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong I don't know <laughs> was freeing in a way because I didn't feel like I had to defend it. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's not the point Mm -hmm. anyways. (laughs) Yeah. I think there it's sometimes it is hard to reconcile the historical details of things Mm -hmm. and they do get really tricky. And like we talked a lot in second Samuel about like, okay, well why isn't second Samuel chronological all the time? That's really confusing Mm -hmm. at points. If you're not aware that the chronology has stopped (laughs) and now we're just like assuming and assimilating stories together for a purpose. So I do think it, it is helpful to understand that the author always has a purpose Mm -hmm. and understanding what the purpose is, is helpful in making sure that you interpret it correctly. I think, um, for me, I tend to be quite literal unless the Bible presents itself as a type of literature that we should not hold as literal. There's a really helpful book by Eugene Merrill called, um, the kingdom of priests. And it's a history, Mm -hmm. a detailed history of Israel. And, uh, he tackles a lot of the like dating issues, a lot Mm -hmm. of the like historical so-called historical discrepancies and gives like reasons for that that have been helpful to me in the past when I've had questions about certain um, things, dates or uh, names of people um, and then straightening out like the chronology of things because sometimes it is a little tricky to figure out if you don't have like a secondary source to help (laughs) guide you. (laughs) Thank you. That's a very helpful answer because that's like a question I've been meaning to ask you anyways so now it's on record good <laughs> and really I just pointed you to another book so <laughs> that's fine um so my confession to you to make is that I get really annoyed with the fact that sometimes the bible gives like excruciating details about like like it'll describe a rock in 30 ways <laughs> And then I'll be like, and this guy went about his life. That's the end. Yeah. <laughs> or a description of Jesus. Yeah. And I'm like, I needed more. Yes. <laughs> I needed more here and less over there. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> yes. Uh, you are not alone. There are many times that I think that as well, especially in the gospels when you want like, I don't know, like a detailed description of certain, like, what did people look like? What did Paul look like? What did Jesus look like? What is more info, please? Like conversations between people are missing. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, there's part of it that I think as humans, we all desire more of certain things. And Uh that's, I think, part of the beauty of scripture is that we're like constantly like wetting our appetite for more and more. But I also think it creates in us just the idea that, like, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So finding out why did he tell us these things um, is part of the reason we like studying scripture, because it is a bit of a mystery sometimes. We have to dig and figure it out. Uh, But I also think it it points us back to the fact that, like, we are not God. And so we have to understand, like, he gave us all of these details for a purpose. And some people struggle with really big things, you know, like, book of Leviticus you know what is oh, that all about you know I know I, I, love, I love Leviticus I love Leviticus too so you know but it's derailed a lot of yes. you know bible reading yes. plans my <laughs> pastor back in Texas one time he was like Cody I've never heard anyone say that they love <laughs> Leviticus before and I was like but I do I <laughs> holiness um 
But yeah, I remember when I read through John for the first time, and it's like going through all these amazing stories, oh, yeah. and then at the end it was like, and he did a lot more things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's how you're gonna make. I know that is really. Like, yeah. I like laughed out loud because I was like, that's that's what you got. That's your big closer. Thank you. <laughs> he did a lot more things. Yeah, that would fill all the libraries and all the world. Yeah. yeah. I know. Well, I guess we can take comfort in the fact that, like, one day we can hear all the stories. Yes, yes. I have a long list of questions for all those guys. <laughs> yes, and I, like, it baffles me that the Bible is so complete in the fact that it's everything that we need, mm-hmm. but it's incomplete to even begin to imagine God. Yeah. Yeah. Like the other night, Luke and I, during the meteor shower, uh-huh. we went out, we put the baby to bed and we went outside and watched it. And a fun fact I learned about my husband is he knows a lot of things about astronomy. <laughs> like Go so Luke. many things. And I was like, wow, where did this come from? That's so cute. Um, yeah. Uh, but we were just like having these conversations and I was like, it's crazy to me that the universe is huge Mm -hmm. and we're just one planet. And Mm -hmm. Luke is telling me about how like there's other solar systems around other stars (laughs) and all this other galaxies. And I'm like, I'm not here to discuss the conspiracy theory on aliens, (laughs) but I was like, there could be like, we don't know. We know what the Bible tells us. I was like, I think that was the first time truly in my life that, like I was telling Luke, I was like, it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> that I don't, that I can't figure this out, that I'm yeah. never going to know, that I'm never... the only ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that, like, because then I was like, well, what if maybe there's another planet <laughs> like Earth, but they didn't sin, they're still living in the garden. <laughs> and like, how is God managing all of us? I don't know. That's so funny. And oh my gosh, you, Yeah. And Luke was like, there are theologies that think that. I know. Yeah, he's, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I don't, I am no expert on any of that. I think for me, like when I've had questions about that, um, the thing that I think about is um, Jesus' sacrifice yeah. and like how costly it was yeah. and all the scriptures that talk about um, just the cost of our redemption yes. and the fact that it's hard for me to think that that would be for other right. groups of people. I don't, and the Bible doesn't even hint exactly. At that. So, so I don't, I don't know. I didn't bring that up to like <laughs> be like, is this true? Is it not? Does but it was. It was just a moment of like where I really realized, yeah, how vast God is, mm-hmm. and like He's given me this book, which yeah. is what I need. Yeah. And he's in charge of everything else. I don't need to keep account of it. Yeah, thank goodness. And so, yeah, it was like... Because I think through a lot of those things, like, is this true? Could this be possible? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not having an answer makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, Yeah. But it was like a good uncomfortable of like... There is a God who who (laughs) Who does does know. Who does know for sure. Yeah. And who created it and has it all perfectly planned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, uh, like, the elements of mystery um, in all kinds of places um, are just just a kind of, I don't know, a tool mm-hmm. to just remind us, like, we're not 
him, yeah. not God. And I think, you know, that the right response is to feel a little bit uncomfortable to mm-hmm. recognize like who we are because honestly, like I think when you boil it down, like how what is the right response to God? I think scripture teaches us that it's always humility and obedience. Right. And so um, we have to be faithful to those things. And I think remembering how small we are is mm-hmm. a good step in humility yeah. of remembering like I'm not the center of the universe. In fact, yes. I don't even know where the center of the universe is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I get really excited just look like at nature, like mm-hmm. looking at sunsets and things. Yeah. It's like, man, I've seen amazing paintings mm-hmm. of these and amazing photographs and ama- like yeah. of people using their gifts and their skills mm-hmm. which is amazing but then to like nobody no human made the actual sky right, <laughs> right. like no that's something like even yeah. if you're not a christian you know that no human yeah made, made the it. earth mm-hmm. yeah you're so right and so to reflect on that mm-hmm. is just like a little mind blowing, mm-hmm. and then I get a headache, and then I have to go Stop. like watch TV or something. <laughs> yes, I totally relate to that. I think it is good. I think there needs to be more of that, and I think you know, we. I was reading a book. Um, I think it was like the Psalms or worship or something, and it was talking about how people. Um, you know, hundreds of years ago without all of our distractions, it was so much easier for them to like meditate on God and focus on things like sunsets in the sky. And because they didn't have all these distractions Mm -hmm. and lights that can blur our skies and how that was so much easier for them to Mm -hmm. like focus. And it's really kind of hard work for us to do it today. Like I can't see a star from my house when it's (laughs) dark out, but it's not an excuse for not appreciating like what he's Mm -hmm. given us and having that mindset always of just um, remembering who he is I think one of the I think I mentioned it in Bible study but one of the most beautiful applications that one of our other teachers talked about in Bible study from first Samuel um, about the Ark of the Covenant was reminding us that like God can't be boxed in Mm -hmm. and I just thought that is such a good lesson because um, I know I tend to make him so small sometimes just not meaning to. It just happens. You know, you think, well, if I can't figure it out, no one can. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then obviously that's not true. And so remembering like who God is and one of the ways I like agree with you is just going outside and being like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember who I am now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so when we want to go read or study the Bible how like how do we even start where do we start what version do we use (laughs) like that's really for someone who hasn't grown up in church that's a very overwhelming and daunting task yeah or for somebody who has grown up in church and then realizes it's a whole a whole job (laughs) to really understand the Bible yeah it's it's very daunting yeah well, okay, so I would say um, I was listening to Nancy Guthrie's podcast. She has a really cool one called Help Me Teach the Bible. Ooh, one of her guests. That sounds like I would love you it. You would love that one. It's amazing. And I love Nancy Guthrie. Um, and she had a guest on who was talking about Mark 4, which is like the parable of the seed and where the seed goes and it falls on different grounds. And, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a metaphor of our hearts and things like that. And his point was that our hearts were made for God's word. And I think that that is such a good starting point of God gave us this word um, 
for us to understand. So it is for us. It is not um, impossible to understand. Yeah. It's not out of anyone's reach. It's simple enough for children. It's right. profound enough for scholars. Um, and he always, um, like the deeper you go, um, there's always another level. Yeah. And the hungrier you are, it both fills you up and leaves you hungrier right. at the same time for more. So, so frustrating. <laughs> it is, but I, I think that's the beauty of it. So I think recognizing that um, God has given you the tools, like your heart is ready yeah. for the word. Um, and then I think understanding like the different um, versions is is also very important. I was having a conversation with somebody in my class and he was talking about um, the disservice of people who only have the New Testament. You remember there was like a mm -hmm. trend for a while where you just had yes. like the pocket New Testament, yes. which is great for like understanding Jesus. But um, making sure you have a complete Bible is like start yeah. number one because yeah. you cannot understand the New Testament without the Old Testament context. And you can't understand the full story and the narrative and all the themes that God is teaching us without the full yeah. Bible. So having a complete Bible is number one. I think, too, realizing that there's like a spectrum of, in, of versions is helpful. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you're reading one, you don't realize how it's translated. So realize that you have... Um, a full spectrum starting like if you were thinking of the left side is like the word for word translation as close as possible to the actual original language you have versions like um the nasb mm -hmm. the new american standard esv is pretty close um all the way across the spectrum to the other side the right side would be um like paraphrases mm -hmm. like the message yeah where somebody just takes the main idea and kind of gives you their version of it right and so there's a place i think for all of those things yeah. um and i've found comfort in all the in all the versions mm -hmm. i have lots of ones i think for studying the bible the best is the to get the word for word mm -hmm. translations because then you right. know like if you go, if you're caught up on a word, you can go look that up and yes. know that that's from the original language. So I like to study with the NASB, the ESV, um, and then sometimes reading it in like the NIV is helpful, which is the, the new international yeah. version. And that one is kind of a, like leaning more towards the right side. Um, it's like a phrase by phrase translation, mm -hmm. so it's a little more readable. Sometimes the problem with a word for word is that when you get it into English, it's kind of stilted. So you're yeah. like, we don't talk like that, but it's right. helpful to know that's the word. So I think realizing, you know, look at the version you have. I think sometimes reading it in a word for word like NASB or ESV, but then going to a more readable version like the NIV or the yes. New Living Translation to be like, yeah. oh, that's what it says is helpful. Yeah. I was telling someone the other day, like, my personal kind of progression is, like, I start with the ESV, because I have the ESV Study Bible, mm -hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. It's, like, a whole textbook. It is. I just, like, <laughs> eat it up. Um, and then if I'm confused, mm -hmm. I go to the CSB. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then if I'm still confused, that's when I go to the message. <laughs> I'm like, oh. how would some American today tell me this? <laughs> yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, the so CSP is good too. My kids have that for their school and that I've enjoyed reading that with them as well. So yeah, I think like you said, there's a place for all of those things. And like when you're reading a book like Romans or Hebrews um, and you're in the ASV, sometimes it is helpful to be like, okay, I need a, I need somebody to like tell me in like everyday words what yes, this means yes. and that there is a place for the message or the New Living Translation that's helpful. Yeah. 
For sure. So yeah, so I think starting with a full Bible, making sure you understand your version, having one that's good for study, like a word for word translation um, is really helpful. And then I think slowly like building your library. So Mm -hmm. um, understanding that there are like um, ways to study the Bible. So like um, having some sort of good textbook for that, like um, there's a really good book called uh, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. That one kind of walks mm-hmm. you through good approaches to the Bible. Um, and then building building your, like, commentary library. So, yeah. like, finding out what other, um, you know, wonderful Christian people who love the Lord have mm-hmm. said about this text is helpful, too. It doesn't supplement the Bible, but it's helpful right. to know how other people have thought about those books. Um, and then having things like a, a Bible dictionary is really helpful, especially for walking through, like, some of the geography of the Bible yeah. um, or just or just different, um, like words, like, you know, tell me about the temple (laughs) or, you know, tell me about sacrifice. You know, what do those words mean? What did they mean to the Israelites? Um, a Bible, good Bible dictionary, like the Holman dictionary is a really good one too, um, are really helpful to do that. And then having some sort of like historical, uh, context Mm -hmm. source. So like, I love, um, Craig, I think Keener has the old Testament and the new Testament, um, like historical background mm. dictionaries and those are helpful his literally go verse by verse um, and will give you just historical information about yeah. the text and that's that's really helpful trudging through um, any kind of book I mean yeah it's really I think we forget um, you know there's a lot that the original audience um, just understood naturally mm-hmm. that we have to just work so hard right to do. I was recently talking to my husband about, you know, when Jesus says to the man, um, I, don't, I can't even remember the reference, so that's terrible, but um, he's talking about, you know, um, the guy comes to Jesus and he says, you know, can I, can I just bury my father and then I'll follow you? And Jesus says, no, like mm-hmm. you can't do that. And I always struggled with that story thinking that's so harsh. Like I love my parents. I don't want yeah. them. Like I would say the same thing. And the historical context was talking about like the the um, the nuance to that is he was asking if he could go get his inheritance, oh. and so realizing that like when he was asking to bury his father, he wanted him to die so he could get his money, and then so his be father ready. wasn't already <laughs> yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you and, gotta read between the lines, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, that makes so much more sense. No wonder yes. Jesus said no. Like if you you, you need to make a decision. It's not based on money to follow me. So I just think we forget those little things sometimes are really helpful to Uh understand the correct interpretation. Yeah, that's amazing. So how do we we know who to trust (laughs) when it comes to commentaries and such? Because, I mean, I was always told, you know, if it doesn't line up with scripture, Mm -hmm. but if... If you're using a commentary to understand scripture, yeah. how do you know? How do you know? <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> They're going to tell you to trust you. Yeah. Um, I think it, it is really difficult. There's so many um, There's so many sources. There's so much information. Um, I think it's helpful to um, find, um, you know, people that you, like big names that you can trust. So obviously, like I'm a big John MacArthur fan, um, mm-hmm. and he has lots of... Um, obviously a wealth of material um but a good thing it'd be like find a a, um pastor like john macarthur that has written a lot that you can trust a good source is like say you wanted to study romans we'll get john macarthur's romans commentary 
I think his is like a four part. So that was a terrible example <laughs> and a very expensive example. But if you got his commentary um, and you start going through it, he cites other sources. And so then you know, okay, well, if John MacArthur's using this and I trust John MacArthur, then he's probably going to yeah. cite other people that I could trust. Yeah. And you can kind of follow a line. Another really great book that I love is called Grasping God's Word. And in the back of that, it's a it's a whole textbook on studying God's Word, but in the back it has commentary recommendations for every book of the Bible. Mm. And I have used that countless times because I think that the men who wrote that are really just solid um, Bible scholars and they're not into like any weird theology. <laughs> and so I think they're, for the most part, you can trust all of their things. I haven't read every single one, but I would say like they would be a great starting point of just like, okay, these aren't like some weird like out there uh -huh. people. These are, you know, yeah. um, I also tend to gravitate more towards like people who've stayed in academia who mm -hmm. like are teachers or professors yeah. um, that are really helpful and then credible publishers. So, you yeah. know, you want to stick with like Zondervan, Baker books, you know, yeah. the places that you know that are academically sound, um, not that that automatically mean, means you can trust them, but you're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like also knowing that the spirit guides you yeah. in that like I think that's a huge part that I've missed when you're talking about studying the bible that is obviously something you should do <laughs> yeah. you never read the bible alone the spirit always guides yeah. you so yeah for sure and I think you know I think I obviously missed this part because it's so intuitive now but probably for somebody starting out it's not and that you should always begin your bible study with prayer yeah, yeah. I agree Stacy, I could stay here all day <laughs> and have this conversation Literally the entire day. I know. It's so fun to talk about the Bible <laughs> together. And, you know, I really hope that your listeners go and approach the Bible like you do. Um, just with curiosity and with love for the Lord and open heart. See where he'll lead you. Well, thank you. I didn't start that way. I started out very skeptical. <laughs> but that's what's amazing about it. It's like yeah. you start skeptical and then you realize, like, it's true. Yeah. And it's. Like, I, you know, I say now I've swung the pendulum too far the other way and I'm much more academic in my reading than I am spiritual. But, like, knowing the academic side of it, like, draws out yeah. the spiritual. It's like when you know it, it means so much more. Right. It's yeah. like, oh, like, I mean, just like the example you gave with the son wanting to go get his inheritance. <laughs> it's like that totally changes the character of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's important. Yeah. Okay. I have two more questions for you. Okay. That I ask everybody at the end of the show. We'll for sure have you on again because I feel like this conversation could carry on for like 12 more hours. We totally could. Um, so because of his word, how do you better love God and better love people? <laughs> <laughs> well... I don't know. I'm going to cry now because it's very, impo very important to me, very special. Um, and obviously, like, I've committed my life to scripture and to studying God's word because I love it so much. And I think it's like what you said, that we don't um, ever want to approach scripture purely from an academic standpoint. It has to change you. And I think um, every good Bible study um, should lead you to, um, to Jesus. And so you need to find... Um, find him at the end somehow through the themes, mm -hmm. through what God is teaching you, through a deeper love of who he is. 
Um, and as Christians, we're called to reflect him and to be like him. So the more that you grow in your knowledge of him, the more you can accurately reflect him or you should accurately reflect him. And so I think, you know, one of the things that is kind of a guardrail for me is like, if I study the Bible and I'm, the, you know, the most knowledgeable person in the world at the Bible, but I'm a terrible mom and a horrible wife, it doesn't mean anything. So it has to change me. It has to make me a um, a more patient mom. It has to make me a more loving wife because I love Jesus and want to be like him. And so that's where every good Bible study should lead. And that's how I try. <laughs> I am not at, by any means um, perfect. I fail all the time, but that's the beauty of grace and why we come back to it over and over again. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. Now for our fun questions. Okay, so you don't have to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, what are you loving right now? <laughs> I love Advent. I yes. love Advent. It is so fun. Um, I love going through Christmas um, through the eyes of my kids and seeing just their fun and their love for, for Advent. Um, and, uh, my husband and I have been trying to just find, like our pastor encouraged us on Sunday to slow down and he laughed as he said it. And I think all of us can relate to just how yeah. tricky that is during yes. the holiday season, even into January, it's so tricky. Um, but I think finding quiet times to be with God, um, you have to work really hard at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do anyways. Yes. Um, and I think that's been, that's been really fun for me and my husband to kind of pause at the end of the day and be even more intentional yeah. uh, because we know it's so it's so hard but yeah I love I love this time of year and this season and then I love um the nutcracker <laughs> yes her daughter's in ballet and is doing the nutcracker and I'm so excited to go watch her yes it's gonna be awesome the music and the just yes. all the costumes and characters yes. are so so fun I love performing arts um I love kids doing performing arts and so that's just super fun oh, I love that yeah I really don't think that I could adore Stacy more. I love having any conversation with her, but particularly conversations like these about the Bible. She does such a good job of sharing knowledge, but always bringing it back to the purpose of the knowledge, knowing Jesus and changing our hearts. And I swear I learned something, usually multiple somethings, new every single time I talk to her. My biggest hope is that this conversation inspired you to ask some questions and to want to dig deeper into your understanding of the Bible. Knowledge is great and fun. However, like Stacy said, it is to know God deeper and being changed by him is why we ultimately want to study and not only read the Bible. I have linked in the show notes all of the resources that Stacy mentioned to help you and me get your library started, and begin this beautiful lifelong journey. That's all we have for today. Come back and join us on Tuesday for the next episode in A Reflection on Advent. And consider supporting the podcast by following the link in the show notes. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you on Tuesday.